0: Ken Mills. And tonight, we have a particular episode that we've been wanting to do, but today we're going to capture it. Today is called The Grind. So what that means is everybody wants to work to achieve something, right? Well, hopefully everyone wants to, but in order to achieve things in life, you have to set yourself on a path of focus, work ethic, and also perseverance. In the day, we have three illustrious guests that have done just that in their reputable fields. So what we'll do tonight, if y'all just hang on real tight with us, we're going to go through their journeys through comedy, through music, through content creation. And I promise you, you're going to learn some. Also, you're going to be entertained as well. So we're going to take a quick commercial break. And when we return, we'll have our our first two illustrious guests. You're now here with Worldviews with Ken Mills on Up Houston Network.
1: Oh, what are you doing here? Red Table Talk, the Estefans. Time to take the table to a whole new place. It's coming to Miami. Three different women, three different generations. We're loud, we're proud. Let's go. (laughs) Talking about relationships, love, sexuality. Oh my gosh, we all know that you are fuerte. Yes, I'm a tough woman, but I'm very vulnerable. Like, muchas Latinas.
0: In order to move forward, you have to go to those places.
1: I like boys, I like girls, I like girls. Honesty will set you free. We
2: are putting
0: all of that on the table. Red Table Talk via Step-ons. Be a
1: part of the conversation only on Facebook Watch.
0: Our new house is amazing. Great street, huge yard. There is a bit of an issue with our neighbor's fencing. <coughs>
1: <coughs>
2: At least Skyco makes bundling our home and car insurance easy.
1: Which helps us save even more. Hey, sir, Hey, Peter. Touche. Ah. What? are you down. For bundling made easy, go to geico.com.
2: If you like this video, please share it.
0: And hit the subscribe button to watch more great Geico videos if you... Hey, guys, can you please watch the begonias? Just planted those. Sorry. And we're back. Now, these two gentlemen that I have to my left, I was able to meet the first one here about a year ago. A dynamic individual great entrepreneur, hard worker, and also one of the the most prolific battle rappers here in Houston. Uh, The gentleman to his left is also a co-founder of their podcast series, Breakfast Blunt. I'm bringing to you here now, Jackie Boy and Jay Black. How y'all doing? Pretty
1: good, man. Appreciate you having me, man. Already, already. What's up,
0: man? Now, this is what I want to talk about. Now, I used to be a battle rap connoisseur. My wife used to hate that when I used to, when we first got together, because I watched You Are Real all day long. Right on, right on. You know what I'm saying? I watched Proving Ground all day long.
1: Mm-hmm. So yeah, what made you get into that point? To just uh, battling. We always watched it. We used to watch Smack DVDs coming up. Right. And they used to come out already, go by the store and see if we could find the newest one and all that, because they had the battles at the end of them. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll show the rappers. At the, at the beginning of it, but at the end they're gonna show the battles. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, we just took an interest in it, just you know, listening to it and all that. But through time, me and my partner Skelly, we always used to fumble around with battling each other, or whatever. Mm-hmm. So one day on the uh, Instagram, we just started talking shit on the page, like we we wasn't uh, like video yet, but we were just like texting, talking shit, battle. So I'm like thought about it, like man, why wouldn't I just? That's when Instagram was like 15 seconds. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, man, why not just shoot a video talking about somebody and doing it? So I started this page called. Uh, uh, battled me on IG. Mm. And I ended up meeting Scotty at a uh, walkthrough with Hitman House. Mm. And he introduced me to this dude named Iceman or whatever. And I started battling from there, bro. And that's how it happened. Mm. Like a mud.
0: And Hitman Holler took a loss recently, right? <laughs> with Cassidy, huh? <laughs> that's
1: what they say, man. You know, I know. Uh, Hey. I was there. Yeah. The Barry Reese story yeah, was right live and right could. Right on. It was a cool little battle for them, though. I just feel like, you know, hey, it's, you know. I, it was for the culture or whatever, man. So right. I, I, I
0: approve of it. It's cool. So I, I, I've caught your style on that. Mm-hmm. See, me personally, my favorites used to be Loaded Looks. Right. Because Loaded Looks had a certain level of dexterity where he can come from any angle. Where he can come from uh, being a powerful Muslim, a preacher. Right, on, right on. A, a street dude right from on, paid right and full. Right on. So where you come, it's just straight energy and passion. Right on. And then... Most people don't know your story, so today I want them, I want them to understand your story. So I understand you from Fort Ward. Right on. And you, out in Third Ward, you're a great entrepreneur in that area as well, in the right CUNY on. Homes area. Right on. So take me through your journey. Like, What got you to the point where you opened up the barbershop, uh, where, where you started doing all of these uh, content creation and all that? Just take me through
1: that man it's just i've been doing music so long bro so that's what kind of kept me like want to be innovative in doing certain stuff or whatever as far as like doing certain certain stuff outside the barber shop but uh man i just ended up catching cases and all that so i was going to barber school i ended up dropping out of barber school but while i was dropped out i ended up catching a case so i ended up going back to barber school so i go back to barber school or whatever and uh, uh up until I caught the case, you know, I was doing real bad, staying with people, staying with people, and all that. My homeboy Flip ended up getting a barbershop, bro, right the barbershop that I was at. Mm-hmm. So he ended up getting it and, you know, getting me up in it. That's before they denied me my barber's license. I was working in a barbershop actually before that, mm-hmm. but they denied me my license, so I had to leave the barbershop. And Flip always told me, I'm gonna get a barbershop and put you in it. But I kept trying to get my barber's license, kept trying to get it, but they never wanted to send it to me or whatever. But, you know, through time, man, they ended up, you know, making some stuff happen. And uh, Flip ended up putting us in another shop, and we ended up coming back to this one. We was in the other one probably a couple months, but I ended up getting that one on my own, man, and you know, and I ended up getting it with a partner of mine or whatever. And he left, and I just kept it, man, and you know, kept it going on. But I had to leave it because there's so much stuff going on in that area, man. It's like so many young dudes dying, bro. So many young dudes that's set in my chair that's dead right now. These dudes, 17, 20, 21, and I, I know a couple dudes off the top of my head right now that got shot and that's dead right now, bro. But one of them, uh, he like a. He, Badly, don't even recognize who you is right now. But they had just left my barbershop, bro, and got her cousin. They both just one of them did, and they ain't had nothing to do with it. It's just like on some innocent bystanders type stuff. So it's like I had to leave the barbershop. I come back to the barbershop one day, bro. It's like bullet holes everywhere, the one that shot at, and all kind of stuff. It happened late night, wasn't nobody in there, but it's just the point of it. So it's just a third world man. It's a lot of stuff going on right now, man. You know, they got the George Floyd thing right now, but what happened to him, and but it's just so much murders out there amongst each other, man. So it's hard to really like you know, stay in that area right now with the barbershop because there's kids right there and all that kind of shit. So, you know, I still cut, but I have to leave that right there. You know what I'm saying?
0: And I know you uh, a gentleman of a certain age right like on. I am. Right So, on. I'm 40, I, man. I'm sorry. i know. <laughs> yeah, I'm right behind right you. So I understand when we were growing up, it wasn't necessarily like that. Right on. So I can't really. No, nah, it wasn't. I can't really tell what started the animosity or what started the cycle, but hopefully gentlemen like you that's in the community, that could be a positive light, right can help take that away. Right on, right on. So I did hear you mention George Floyd because the proximity of your business is right around the corner from the mural right uh, that they have up for him. Right and on. I know that he was heavy in that community. I know you know him, mm-hmm. his people, everything. Right yeah, on. yeah. So
1: Real cool dude.
0: Definitely, and even way back when, when they was rapping, mm-hmm. he was with four, four, three, right on, four.
1: Right on, right, right? Time, right on.
0: So, how do you take what happened to him and also the policing in America? How does that, how, how does that feel? How do
1: you feel about that? How does that sit with you? Man, when I've seen, I was in tears because when I first seen on uh, Instagram, I didn't know. You know, I'm sliding out of time now. I'm instead of seeing this picture, but I ain't reading the caption, so I don't know he did, I'm still seeing it, but you know, I guess I read one of the captions and seen that he that he that he was dead over whatever. so I ended up seeing the video and browsing tears looking at the video because it's like I'm seeing this person that I actually know. And, the, you know, on some Trayvon Martin, Eric going the type of stuff for this to actually be happening, and to see that it really put you in the they put you in perspective, bro. Like this can be me right there. You know what I'm saying? That can easily be me or my son or something like that. So I feel like, man, every time, you know, something happens to the police or something, they want us to care so much and do all this. But when something happens to us, everybody want to say, well, our lives matter and all that. We're not saying our lives matter, but we're saying our lives matter because our lives are the ones that feel like it's an endangered species. We're killing each other. And on top of that, you know, they're killing us, and I don't, you know and we ain't trying to stop the shit. Where I'm at with it, man, I don't even, you know, police as far as that, like, bro, I don't even, I don't even want to get pulled over because I don't know where your mind at. You know what I'm saying? So I can't even protect myself because if I do, I can end up going to jail because I got a gun on me, or you can kill me because I got a gun on me. So it's like, I don't even, you know, man, it's just like, you know, then they want us to pray and all that kind of shit, and it's like, man, I don't. Like, can I cuss on you? But yeah. <laughs> no well, hey, 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 you but, but, but hey,
0: I mean, you know, if this is truly how you feel, we're not gonna censor you. Right on, bro. So go cool like, ahead.
1: that's what it is, bro. It's like we got. We got too much religion in us. That's the thing. That's why i made rid of right now. That's why when you said something about the Lotus Look, it's like if I keep battling, that's what you're gonna get from me. Because mm-hmm. I ended up meeting this dude, and he kind of like changed my life from meeting him. Because I was on some other shit, but he kind of really, I ain't gonna say, opened my mind up. But he kind of like gave me a direction. So I, my mind was already kind of opening up, but I ain't know what direction to go. And he showed me the direction to go, and it wasn't no follow me type of direction. It was like, this the truth type of direction. Once I discovered that, it started changing my whole way of thinking, man. For real.
0: So, i, I tell you this. I, I make no qualms about it. Most of my viewers know this. Uh, I'm an ordained deacon. Mm-hmm. But I stepped away from religion at a certain point because I identified that, number one, this religion was passed down to us after the Middle Passage as a mechanism of control.
1: That's what opened my...
0: So as a mechanism of control, so if you look at it, you have your opposition praising the same deity as we are. So they say we can't desecrate the cross, but yet you burn the cross in my front yard. Yet you say I'm supposed to love one another, but you don't love me. So how does that work? Am I supposed to be docile and demure and you be aggressive and tactical? Or should I or, or should I step away from that and should I say, hey, self-preservation is the first rule of man. Should I defend
1: myself? I'm I'm gonna tell you one thing. I'm gonna let them speak over yeah. that. Religion tell you what to think. It don't teach you how to think. And that's the thing though. it. never tells you everything you listen, you hear, you've been knowing that since elementary school, since Sunday school. It's not teaching you nothing in life, it's just telling you what to think. That's it. All religions. That's what they do. My dad a pastor. Still a pastor right now. So I grew up as a pastor son. Church, de- junior deacon board, choir rehearsals, all this, uh, everything, usher board, all this. But to, like I say, man, it's just it's it's hard for, to tell somebody some really don't exist or some ain't true after 30, 40, 50 years of of this, you know, psychological engineering inside your head, basically. You know what I'm saying? Conditioning. That's what it is, the program, you gotta be deprogrammed, man. And that's what he helped me see over there, man.
0: So Brother Jay Black, you've been very quiet over there. I wanna touch on I I wanna touch on your story.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Come on in, cause I see you got the on, you know. I I know what that represent. That That, they represent life. That represent the woman. The woman bring about life. Mm -hmm. And we know that the religion has been written from a patriarchal standpoint, Mm -hmm. whereas back in Kemet, it used to be matriarchal. Right on, there you go. So the reason why I want to college to grind too is because you have to learn the way to move. Uh, Like you say, you have to deprogram yourself and also stay focused and put your work ethic on something and your energy on something that's fruitful. Mm -hmm. So, Jay Black, I want to touch on with you. So could you tell the audience where you're from And and how you got to this point?
2: I'm from the southwest side of Houston. Uh, I battle rap too. You know what I'm saying? And um, getting to this point, um, it was a point in time where my son, when he was like one years old, he was kind of sick. Just some normal shit, but it was like the flu or pneumonia or something. But just the way I am. You know, especially being a uh, first-time father, I didn't really know how to handle my son being sick and me not being able to do nothing about it. I was helpless, you know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. I couldn't stand it. So at that point, I started... Uh, I started researching, um, you know, at-home remedies and stuff, and I ran across Dr. Savy. And then I started, you know, doing more and more research because I wanted my baby to feel better. Mm -hmm. And it ended up, I ended up turning vegan. So I've been vegan for like going on six years now. Um, And from that, I had a homeboy who was there with me during that transition. And he kind of just put me on something. He said, bro, you ever wonder what would happen if you don't pray? And I thought about it. And at that point, I... I, I started I start being real with myself I was like bro honestly I really don't be praying you know what I'm saying <laughs> I didn't you know what I'm saying but but I also was heavy into reading several different Bibles and you know what I'm saying seeing the, the differences in them and stuff like that so I already was going down that path but he opened my eyes and so that right there let me realize that that's a duty. That we have in the community as brothers and sisters, each one teach one. If I learn something, if I got an opportunity to show my brother that, I'm, I'm gonna put it on him. You know what I'm saying? Especially if he open to it and want to hear it. You know what I'm saying? And because he didn't force it on him at all. We <laughs> so, met through battle rap. That's how we met. I had a battle rap at the barber shop, mm-hmm. and I had already seen him with another sister. That was in the community, and then when when I ran into him, we just started vibing on the battle
1: rap stuff, and it just it was organic, bro. You know what I'm saying? So I didn't know he was vegan. I didn't know he thought the way he thought or none of that. Cause he was, I remember we were talking one day like, bro, you don't believe in God? Cause he was, you know, talking about Jesus and where he come from, to so rappers and all this. And I'm like, bro, okay, but you don't believe in God? And he was, you know, basically he telling me no, I don't believe in no sky dad and all that. So it's really blowing my mind on what he's talking about, cause I'm a firm believer in. You know, Jesus, God, and all this. You know what I'm saying? I don't have no other explanation for life. You know, mm-hmm. that's all I know. But I've never been exposed to ancient Kemet. And, you know, uh, I've heard Pharaoh and, you know, the Egyptians and all that. But I've never been tro- told the true story of that. You know, I've only been told, you know, little bits and pieces of it right. or whatever. But uh, I just to listen to this dude named Real Islam on
2: mm-hmm.
1: Instagram all day long and Malcolm X, I used to watch Malcolm X all day long, but I want to talk like Malcolm X, I want to speak like that, because when somebody come in with some bullshit, he knew how. because he wasn't making up nothing, everything was real, and when you real, it's gonna come out. That's you ain't right. got to fake and shake on nothing. So, uh, but I'm steady uh, listening to Real Islam, and he steady promoting his book, because he's talking some real stuff, hmm. but he's of promoting this book called Message to the Black Man, written by Elijah Muhammad. And I'm trying to find where religion come from, I'm instead of asking him, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, man, I don't think I even asked him that yet, but with my personal journey, I'm trying to find out where religion comes from. Because corona made me, I want to know, like, okay, they gave us this. Where, did this. where did this religion come from before slavery? That's what I wanted to know. Like, mm-hmm. what is the religion? What is the origin of this religion? I didn't know where to look for that at, though. So I'm reading this book, Message to the Black Man. But one thing sticking out to me in this book, it, it's saying some real stuff, and it's giving me a bunch of real stuff on what's going on, like I already know it. But it's one thing sticking out, it wants me to be a Muslim. Hmm and that's not what I'm looking for. And I, I started telling him that, I'm like, bro, I'm reading this book and boom, boom, boom. Because he knew I was on a bunch of real Islam already, but I ain't never telling him like, what I really was doing. And when I told him that, I'm reading this book, boy, but instead of trying to make me be a Muslim, he's like, boy, you ready? And he sent me something. And when he sent me that, what he sent me, it changed everything for me, bro. It changed, it, it started making me want to research, it started making me want to read and learn, and just every day, all I cared about was just learning something every day about something. The way he asked right. me, I knew he, he wasn't him. satisfied right.
2: with, with, with the answers the he was getting, right. and so I was like, okay, he he for sure ready, cause that's where I was at when when mine happened. I was I was like, man, all this is is, is it sounds like trickery, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I don't need. How come I? What about me? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Cause it's an internal fight, bro. It's a it's a it's a back and forth with your spirit, and so it's really no. Doctrine needed when you just need to keep it real You know what I'm saying That it, You'll go a whole lot further Just keeping it real Treating people with respect Like you would want to be treated You know what, what I'm sweet. saying And then, hey, people, people think that's really hard Because you got a doctrine that tells you That you ain't perfect Or You're everybody was day, born you. in sin You know stuff like that Fix your mind to believe That you lowly or humble you know what I'm saying, and so that like that's one of the words that I had to look up, and understand what's really being said, what's being conveyed when I say that about myself. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying. So
0: one thing that I, I would want to mention that I do subscribe to is spirituality, because so, we because we know this universe was built by a being, right? So if it was built by a being, it's something greater than us here. So when you do pray or when you do call out. You are praying to some because I seen the universe move and I've seen that high power with the most high move for me. But how
1: everybody feel, that's their own. live what I'm saying. That's their own thing. I don't have to believe nothing. Right. Because when I walk outside, I know the sun right yeah. there. Yeah. I know you didn't put it right there. Right. I know I didn't put it right there. That's right. I know he didn't put it right there. That's right. So I know the sun is something greater than anything that's walking on this earth you know, that we, we know. And what I'm saying is when you take that and try to give me a deity with it right. and try to replace spirituality with religion, that's when I got a problem.
0: Because right.
1: that's what a problem said in there. Because now you get to alter my thinking. And, and now I can't ever think for myself. I, I can't quit no job and go work for myself because I'm scared to. I'm living life too limited because I'm living off something that really don't exist. I'm going off uh, uh, faith, faith and all this kind of stuff. Man, instead of saying, I want to thank God for this call. Why? Because when I have a wreck, I don't say thank God for having this wreck. And somebody just I'm saying thank God for this car, but somebody down the street just had a wreck and died. Mm-hmm. Thank God for that, too? Like, you're not understanding what you're saying. God is not some credit card or, man, God got me in this house. No, he didn't. You went and worked. The God in you showing you to use your brain to go out here and do what you got to do for yourself to make something happen. Man, you got to stop depending on something that don't exist, man, and something that you feel like something that's divine. We're not understanding the divinity and humanity within itself. It's a human. Human means color. Hmm. Color man. But then they come out with this mankind shit. Right. Mankind and human just take a difference in that.
0: So if I tell you a quick story. So mm-hmm. I like you right. Mm-hmm. So we're going to look at this. Mm-hmm. Right? So we look at this. Anytime that somebody believes in something they going to put a face to it. Mm-hmm. So I spent thousands of dollars for this. And this face ain't of no Jesus. Mm-hmm. Guess who face it is? Caesar Borgia, who was the nephew of one of the popes in the Roman in the Roman hierarchy and in the Catholicism, right? Mm-hmm. And they used his picture to put that in your mind that this is who you need to look toward rather than you looking in so the mirror. they got
1: the idea from? but told him he won't let me one me. That's hmm. where they got the idea from, because hmm. when Alexander the Greek invaded Egypt in 332 BCE, hmm. when the invaded and took over their whole shit, he died nine years after it, and, and nine years later, his predecessor took over, Ptolemy I, again. He went to all these different temples and took out their they images of their gods over there, which was mythology. Hmm. But they didn't put their mythology in there and took it like it's real human history. Hmm. And you took they, these council meetings that happened over 900 years, Council so Council Nicaea. Nicaea, Ephesus, mm-hmm. Council of all these different council meetings trying to prove that this human nature and this spirituality mm-hmm. that don't never exist. You know what I'm saying? And that's when I get, I'm telling people, they're like, bro, don't take my word for it. Mm-hmm. It's inside their documents, inside the Roman Catholic Church history. They know this they shit is bullshit. They know it is. Stoned. Just read it. I ask
2: all these to, Christians to, and all to, that. Pro- to give him a human nature or not. It was never no person you know what I'm saying it was just a Christ consciousness mm-hmm. it wasn't nothing but they wanted to give him a, a, a human
1: nature let me ask you a question I gonna ask you, you Wait, what's it? the forbidden fruit <laughs> knowledge I'm I'm about. see when I ask a lot of people I'm that doing. they don't know they get to say apples and all that but you love Jesus so much and you love religion so much you don't even I ask my cousin I say how old he was when he died I don't know you just said you love him, but oh, you, don't, you know don't know how old he was when he how said, I'm about going to be about my father's business. Hmm. I don't know well, how you love him so much. You don't even know how old he but was. You don't know the you real history him? of him. How you know well, him? One minute, well, I want me to tell
0: you why it's knowledge, and this is in real life. You could it tells this, you the Bible. It, it, but even outside the Bible, if you just live in life, and you got an analogy, right? Mm-hmm. So when you got a child, a child don't know certain things until he sees something or until he told something different. Mm-hmm. When you remove the veil... That's when everything is present. Like when you say Adam and Eve, Adam and Eve was not aware that they were naked mm-hmm. until the serpent made them eat that fruit. Yeah, yeah. And guess what? They see everything for what it is. You see, we got private parts, we procreate, we do this, that, and the other. And then those are the circumstances and repercussions after mm-hmm. they do that. So that's how I know. And also by my, my teaching and my life experience, I know that it's, it's knowledge. And sometimes you have to look at knowledge as well. You have to look at book knowledge, and you got to look at live knowledge. Uh, a learned lesson is better than a ball one.
1: Mm-hmm. Facts.
0: Because, guess what? You're getting all type of things, and you got to pay to get out of it. Mm-hmm. When you could have sat back and been wise by looking at others' mistakes. That's the vision. The, uh, you just Alabama. playing college and the
1: whole thing, and, and people, well, well, better miss people. You're going to take $30,000 To get a book that probably costs $200 to just read this book and learn what's in this book. That's right. Just to say you got a degree. That's right. I mean, I don't, I just don't, I just, that's right. Teach a man to fish.
0: But people use that as an affirmation that you have this level of knowledge that it certifies you in order to do a certain certain thing. thing. Um, There are many that are out here, that's why I say the grind. Because when you go out here and you focus and you get this esoteric knowledge, you don't necessarily have to get it from an accredited place. There you go. Because you can self-teach. Um, I want to talk about breakfast blood because mm-hmm. I had caught it a few times mm-hmm. and uh, blood, yeah, it's involved, yeah, but right you on. got that good breakfast knowledge for right the on. people. Right so y'all tell me how y'all came up with that.
1: This is his show. I was doing that first. This before Corona came. I watched it. He <laughs> was never it. on it. So I used to get a lot of views on it on Instagram. A lot of people hit me up. I get like fifteen hundred views, two thousand views on it. <clears throat> on dropping a video on Instagram, what I do, I take some from Instagram and really talk about it, <clears throat> basically, kind of like how Smackwater do, basically. I'll be real funny with it <clears> or whatever. <throat> you know, kind of like chop the video up, you know, real good or whatever. So, but when the Corona came, it's like I turned it off. I didn't feel like being funny at the time, because I feel like people started really t- believing this shit. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? People really taking into this shit, watching the news, and just believing everything that people say. It's bro. Bro. Yeah, I, I started realizing, like, it ain't time to be funny right now, bro. Like, I don't want to be funny. People kept asking me, man, do the breakfast blood, do the breakfast blood. I'm like, bro, I don't, you tripping, you tripping. I, I really didn't know how to explain to them. So I just didn't want to do it. I just didn't have the juice to do that, because my mind was altering and changing. I really wanted to find where this religious shit came from. That's what I was on a journey for, for real. So I didn't have time to be trying to be funny in the morning, trying to find a video. Revolution was a place. You know, for real. So I just kind of stopped doing it. And then we, we start coming along, you know, every day we chilling every day. And we just talk start talking about how we going to start doing the breakfast bun again, but then trying to enlighten the people and liberate the people, basically. So we're going to get the hood part of us and you're going to get the knowledge part of us at the same time. So the people that's you know, the people that we got, they, a lot of people don't know what we know. Right. And you a lot of people that think, well, y'all think y'all know everything. No, I don't, you don't think we know everything. Just because we know something more than you don't mean we know everything. You might know something about something that we don't know something about. But we sitting real, really research this. It ain't nothing we just saying because emotional, feelings. This is real human history facts that's validated by names, dates, time, places. This ain't nothing I'm just saying. You can't go find Matthew Mark Luke John nowhere. Go find him. Please, go find him. You can't find him, but you go build up King Tut that's 10, 15, five years before you, build up his whole thing and put him in y'all museums. That right there, she let you know as a black person, some wrong. Why would you do that? Where is is but you'd rather go pray than do something by something. This it its just like, man, so that's where the breakfast blunt really coming in at. We just in the morning, you know, the mind fresh in the morning. That's when you really going through a detox in the morning. You putting all the bullshit out and now it's time to put something fresh in. So that's why we like to call it the breakfast blunt. Cause we you know, we. In the morning we blowing and then we being blunt about any situation we ain't gonna cut no corners about nothing you so, know what i'm saying i call it the nipsey
2: hustle approach yeah where where it's like the intellectual ray ray and that's how you gonna reach the people in your you know close proximity in your community i can't come at my my my, my little homies in the streets Talking to them to some in, in a way that they can't relate. Mm-hmm. I can't really do that. I gotta come, I gotta meet them in the middle. So I'm gonna give you some game, but I'm gonna talk to you like we still on the block, bro. That's just you know what I'm saying. Meet, I'm gonna meet you halfway. So check this out.
0: I started this in the height of Corona. I started this in July. Mm-hmm. Our first show was in July. Uh, I'm a comedian by craft, but at the same time, I can't tell no jokes like he say, during this crisis. So what we did, wow, we started talking it's topics that are evident in our community mm-hmm. and start bringing in community folks like yourself. Mm-hmm. Like we've already had politicians in here. We already had entertainers, everybody. And we try to delve into what the black community is doing as far as business is concerned and uplifting them. Mm-hmm. Because the only way that we're gonna make it through the pandemic is with each other, mm-hmm. uplifting one another and start to create an economy where we can put the money around each other rather than the money going outward to these other places or these other groups that have stationed themselves in our community Mm -hmm. that take away but never
1: put back. back. Um,
0: So I'd like to thank you all for
1: coming. For sure, man. I appreciate you for having us, man. For real, I like this, bro. I like what you're yeah, doing, man. Nice for real, bro. Just keep it going, bro. Hey,
0: and, and you know, next time we're gonna come back, I wanna talk to you a little bit longer. We're gonna touch on more topics when no y'all pay. do. Right on. But I'll start with Jay Black. Tell them your uh social media so they can get in contact with you.
2: Uh Bamalika Black on Facebook and Instagram. That's B-A-M-I-L-E-K-E B-L-A-K-K. And then my business page is It's in Your Hands Sea Moss Sauce. That's I T Z No, I T S I N U R H A N D Z S E A M O S A U C. That's what you've been doing. That's
1: all. People been buying it too. It tastes good. Yeah, it tastes good. It don't taste like regular C moss. You got to get figured with berries and. Different fruits, and agave, and different little
0: stuff. I might have to get with you because mm-hmm. I've been on my way loss journey. Enjoy like eating it. <laughs> I and look, Jackie boy, I tell you, when he first met me, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I was but hitting like, three hundred and fifty. Right now I'm but I had to go surgical route. But I'm doing things. I'm not putting in my body no more. Right on.
1: So, Jackie boy, I let the people know. Man, rock and roll. R O C K I N underscore R O B D Rock and Rodgers, but you're gonna find me on IG or whatever. That's what I'm at, man. On IG, man. Just hit me up, or you can find me on Breakfast Blunt, man. Facebook Breakfast Blunt Live. we right on that, man. Boy, Monday through Friday, that's when we're gonna be going live. Breakfast so, you Blunt know, Live. When y'all gonna kick up? Hey, uh, we're gonna get the YouTube need. channel uh, going too. Uh, as far as the, uh, I don't know how it's working as far as the camera, because we're going with the phone right now. So mm-hmm. we're trying to get the camera hooked up to the computer. Do bring certain stuff up and get it real done. But we'll start going live on Mondays and Fridays. Okay. And we would be so busy trying to do other stuff, so every day be hard to go live. Every day. would right. be more us, too. So we're going to have a date set for it. So we're going to do Mondays and Fridays, man. That's what's up. And,
0: and also, don't leave out the Scutch Ford
1: Films. Oh, yeah, for sure, man. I'm doing my films right now, man. Scutch Ford Films. Uh, I just did my first video. Just finished it. Just dropped it today. I got two more videos booked, so it's doing real good, man. So you need some videos, some visuals done, anything short films, hit me up, man. I'm, I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm really interested in doing it. I, I kind of like innovating and creating stuff. I'm a creator, and that's why I can't enjoy working nobody. I, gotta, I can't create nothing. I got to do the same thing every day for you. It's like, I can't do that. So I got, I love Photoshop, you know, Final Cut, just creating shit like that, man. Art shit, stuff like that. I love doing it, man. All right. Mm-hmm.
0: So thank y'all both once again. Mm-hmm. Y'all welcome. Appreciate you, man. Man, Sorry. World of Comedy Five Entertainment, as well as Worldviews of Kent Mills, support y'all movement. Whatever y'all got going on, when y'all get Breakfast Blunt on, let me know. We can advertise and everything, cause My I own. feel that y'all voice is needed in the community.
1: Own,
0: man. All right. So what we're gonna do now? We're gonna go to a quick commercial break. But when we return, we'll have our final illustrious guest. You're now here with Worldviews with Kent Mills. On Boss Up Houston
2: Network Oh my god I just got through watching a great show On Boss Up Houston Network Have you heard? They're bossing up okay? And I heard they're looking for you Any podcasters Talk show hosts If you're a writer or producer We definitely need you Come aboard and boss up are you a small business owner that is struggling to promote your company? Our topic today is, what's your status?
0: Shoot the dice at this hey, point. Shoot the, just shoot the dice. Roll the dice. So. Yes. Hey, how y'all doing? It's attorneys.
2: Uh, yeah. All
1: right. You know, I- a Victoria
0: Bronco. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Imagine being televised on
2: a national platform. How about being a host or sponsor on a syndicated podcast? Or being featured on an exclusive promotions and interview for your product to your ideal customer? Hi, I'm Kayla Sneed, and I'm Head of Sales with Boss Up Houston, and here at Boss Up, we like to help small business owners and entrepreneurs advertise, promote, or become a sponsor for one of our television, podcasts, or radio shows. All you have to do is click the link down below to see if you qualify. I'll be seeing you soon. This is Boss Up Houston, where we look up, stay up, and boss up. Steve, I'm in big trouble. I need your help. I got you. Don't worry, man. What do do you need? At Goodman McGill, we offer a wide variety of services catered
1: directly to you. So come to us for whatever issue you have. We can definitely take care of it and offer you very fast and prompt communication and excellent service. That is our motto here at Goodman & McGill. Our services include family law, divorce, child custody, child support, name changes, business and contracts, estate planning, probate, traffic tickets, wills, trusts. Thanks again, Steve. No problem. Anytime. Anytime. Yes, sir. Here at Goodman & McGill, we take care of all of your legal issues. Check us out online at www.goodmanandmcgill.com.
0: back here now, now this gentleman to my left, when I first met him, he became my big brother in comedy, also the voice of reason, also a voice of scolding at times, I mean, one <laughs> of the funniest persons that I have heard in my life, I'm going to bring y'all now, Tom Payne, how you doing Tom? Alright,
3: alright, how you, yeah, all right, hold, on, hold on before I shake hands sure you alright it's, it's corona out here, I, I gotta make sure you alright so now I can shake your hand
0: how are you you good man I'm great proud man proud of you proud of you everything you're doing I am good job man thank you you're for sure thank you so Tom now you I mean you one of the more tenured and experienced comedians that I know uh uh-huh. can you date back from how you started because you're not originally from Houston no. you're from Ohio Tell us how you got into the game.
3: I'm from Akron, Ohio. Um, I got into comedy uh, in K- uh, Kent State University. Um, very um, very known sorority, Delta Sigma Theta, shots out to them always. Um, asked me to do a comedy show. They asked me to do a comedy show and uh, what it was is it was uh, Delta and, Q comedy show and the Q's had a friend of mine named Dave Love that was representing the Q's and the Deltas didn't have a funny person Mm -hmm. so on campus I was the funniest
0: person so they asked me and that's how I got into it Mm. So you're one of the very few people that have been on stage with Bill Bellamy Not Bill Bellamy Um, Bellamy. Chris Tucker um, D.L. Hughley Brian McKnight,
3: Too Short uh, Ronaldo Ray Michael um,
0: uh, Michael Blackston. I mean, just a few. So. Okay, okay. Now, when you say D.L. Hughley, that's that—that's one of my favorite comedians, mm-hmm. as well as Chris Tucker from his movies, but not necessarily right. his stand-up. Right. So, when you were on stage with these individuals, how, how did it feel? Um, it makes
3: you have to be on top of your game makes me have to be on top of my game. Um, with open mics and, and um, it's just like if you sit any rapper in a room with great rappers, you see what I'm saying? He's going to have, come up with his best verse. Right. So for those those nights, you have to be on top of your game. Because you never know, somebody might ask you to go on tour with them, go on the road with them, anything like that. I've never um, been asked that. It's It's not a goal of mine to be on the road with somebody. I I build a lane (laughs) for me. So um, that's just my thing.
0: Right. So, you know, this is calling the grind because Mm -hmm. we see what you're doing on your grind. Because what you did probably earlier this month, you went back to Ohio. Right. You filmed your own special. Right. You built out everything. Can you tell us what type of barriers you ran into or obstacles you ran into throughout that process? Um,
3: Not too many barriers. I mean, outside of what's going on with COVID, you have people who were more worried about the social distancing and stuff like that. I didn't run into, I mean, like I drove home 24 hours, but I wanted to get some air. I wanted to, you know, look at some trees and some leaves, so... Me and my dog drove home. Um, I stopped by my uh, PR. I got a PR person living in uh, Fort Worth, Texas. Uh, Shouts out to uh, Taitha Macklemore. Um That's my PR person in Dallas. We went to college together. Um, so it was, it was more of just a time for myself. It was, I, I wanted to go home for people to be able to see and experience what it's like and what I've gone through to get to the point to where I feel the need to uh, film uh, special. So, um, and we're better to do it at home, right. I mean, You don't want to do it where, you know, when you get done, um, it ain't no love for you. Or while you there, it ain't no love for you, see what I'm saying? So, um, there'll be other specials. I can't say they'll all be in Akron, but um, that's home.
0: Right. So. So do you feel at home in Houston?
3: Um, I have a five-year-old daughter, Missouri. She'll be six Monday. If I was in Singapore, wherever my child is, that's where I'm going to make home. Hmm. So that's why I make Houston home. Um, do I love the city? Yes. Um, I do. It, 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 but it has to grow. And you have to be able to have some type of hustle and make some money because you got to put some gas in your car if you live in Houston. <laughs> Sure. So, um, but it's, um, it's, a, it's a good city, it's a nice city, until it rains. But outside of that, it's, I, I like it, I like the weather, I don't deal with no snow or nothing like that. Um,
0: yeah. So you've been in Houston approximately, what, six or seven years? Seven years, yeah. Okay, okay, so throughout that time, you have built, I mean, you have built a cult following, you also built a certain a certain lane for yourself as well, uh, um, where, where you respected by the elders of community community here. A couple, a couple, yeah. a couple um, and upstarts. Yeah, well, I mean,
3: respect is not always a public thing. Right. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people. Um, me, truthfully, I shake a lot of people's hands not to be respectful, but not to be disrespectful. Hmm. So, um, it's not that I don't have any respect for them. I shake people's hands that I know don't like me. They just don't know I know,
0: hmm. so. And I, I take it that it, it doesn't it didn't matter to you why they don't? Um, it's, neither, it's neither
3: here nor there. Cause I mean, well, I'm not gonna apologize to somebody for why they don't like me me being me. Right. I mean, I don't, um, I don't have no problems with nobody that I know of. So, and I mean, I've always been the type of person, if you have a problem with me or I have a problem with you, I have no problem addressing it at all,
0: no. So. So. And that's one of the things that uh, I really like about you because when I first came on the scene, I asked you for advice, mm-hmm. and you gave me the most honest and candid advice, mm-hmm. and the truth, right. which I which I most definitely respected and appreciated. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that that wouldn't have taken place if I asked anyone else. Right. Uh, so we're gonna go back to the grind. So you say building your own lane. Uh-huh so what are some of the things within comedy that you feel may need improvement
3: improvement improvement in stand up comedy Mm -hmm. Um, it's a lot it's a few people in the way so you can't be out here and um when I came up in comedy, I, I explained it to you. There was no open mics. Mm-hmm. Wasn't there such thing as an open mic in Ohio. So when you got comedy shows, you got a comedy show by word of mouth. So um, a lot of times I would show up and the promoter might have heard of me, but he didn't know me. So I had this motto. If I don't make, if they don't laugh, don't pay me. It's that simple. I always got paid.
0: Hmm.
3: Cause it's about the money. Like it, it, they can tell you it's about the love. It's about everything in life is about love. But certain things in life, if you ain't got no money, it ain't gonna work. You can love it all you want to. Hmm. You can love your life, your wife, all you want to. But your love don't pay no electric bill.
0: That's right.
3: So you gotta get some money. That's right. So, um, the things I think could be improved in comedy is, I mean, if you feel like you can do it, who am I to tell you not to? You know, if you ask me, should I be doing comedy and I sit there and, and tell you no, then you'll sit there and say, well, Tone is a hater, right? Mm-hmm. But really, I'm just looking out for your mental because if you don't really do good at this, then it take you two or three years and, you figure out you shouldn't have been doing it. If you listened to me, to me two or three years ago, you wouldn't have had this problem in your mental that you gotta come over. But then you'll call me a hater because I tried to look out for you. Right. But then, let's flip it into another scenario. If you was about to cross the street and get hit by a bus and I said stop and the bus didn't hit you, would I be a hater? No, but I still looked out for you. You'd be a lifesaver. I'd be a lifesaver then. So next time, just
0: I guess I'll let you get hit by the bus. So also, how do you feel about those who may use the coattails of others who may be more talented or more versed to tag along and to try to breed into a career?
3: Um, you can't friendship it your way in the car. If you're not funny, if you're standing up there, I mean, you you can't you can you can have all the friends you want, you can be clicked out all you want to. Um, but at the end of the day, when they announce your name and you got to grab that mic, ain't nobody standing up there but but you. So even for the people that you know, and I don't point people out or know nothing personally, but it, for those that are in that position to where. It seems as if they're trying to ride a coattail. I would tell the person that whose coattail they trying to ride, put you a blazer on. That coat ain't as long. Hmm. You see, that's why it's called a blazer. Don't wear a coat. See, that's why, I, like I say, it, it, every comedian's mind is, and his job is to build his own lane. You decide who ride it. That's your coattail. Your lane is your coat. You see what I'm saying? but who behind you is who you let ride in it. Just like the coattail. If you let them sit
0: on the coattail, don't be mad that they rode it, you let them sit on it. So along with that, it could be some disingenuous behavior that goes on in order to achieve that point of riding the Mm coattail where a person may try to defend that person or try to exaggerate the friendship by saying, hey, this my brother. So
3: I, I what, love but, but, I'm, them. I'm, I'm, what we gonna do? Is, yes. We gonna use black people words while you talk to me. Mm-hmm. So if you say something like disingenuous one more time, <laughs> I'm gonna walk up off your seat Cause now you're trying to confuse me. Okay. Now, I would say not genuine. Okay, not genuine. Not genuine. Disingenuous. Okay, disingenuous. Not genuine. See, now nah, I understand. Yeah. Right. Um, it' a show. It's just like anything in life. It's just like anybody in life, any person in life. Um, uh, my mother told me, she said, if anyone tell you she ain't crazy, give her a few minutes, she will be. Mm. She said, we all crazy, I'm one, trust me. Mm. So all you gotta do is wait. True colors come out. Sometimes it take years. Mm-hmm. But it just depends on your patience in the situation. So, so true colors are coming. I, I just um communication is a key, but that's like that's everything
0: so get back to your successes um I was able to catch you on New year's Eve uh-huh. at Phil and right. right. where you wild the crowd you you have a special way that you come on stage right. right right right, and you hype them up right. Um, so so tell me about that experience, uh, through the feeling and directs and also through your about improv yeah. and all that. Tell me about one of your best shows.
3: Um I me personally, um I don't have a show I gave an a eight. Okay. Um I'm my worst critic. Uh I don't I'm never happy with myself, never. Never at um, anything I do. Outside of probably either tying my shoes or taking a bath. I'm not happy if I have to give out a performance. uh, Because I always believe I could have did better. Uh, If I had to say two shows that really stick out in my mind, it would be the first time I got to perform at the Improv in Houston. And uh, it was about four minutes, four or five minutes. And a guy, um, I had a good friend of mine, Bryson Brown, top top shelf dude, top shelf, um, OG in this game. Younger dude, and I, I mean, you, you know you got a lot of respect, because when you say OG, it's usually a dude older than you. Right. This dude is way younger than me. And uh, part of the reason, like, why I sit here today is because of Bryson Brown. Because when I came to Houston, I bombed for a year and a half. Wherever I went, bombed. Bom. And I had, to, I had to gather myself and rethink things. And uh, Bryson helped me do that. So it was one night, I'd be going to the improv every week for about five weeks. And I never got up. And um, I went up and I had this four minutes. And um, I always loved the laughter of the crowd and everything like that. But this time, that's not what I wanted. I wanted the respect of the comedians that knew I had been waiting. And I got that. And I would say that, that one, and the duck-off. Hmm. I had um, my first night at the duck-off. Uh, I'm the only person who has a broke mic award at the duck-off. i tell you the story. The lady was walking around and they had the open mic and everybody going up. I went up and the lady tried. And I talked about the lady so bad that she snatched the mic out of my hand and broke it in half and ended the show. And I'm talking about Leroy III running around, Lil Daryl, um, quite a few. Cliff was there the first night I met Cliff II. Shout out to Cliff Two Penny, uh, Behind the Comic Productions. Yes, sir. Um and that was the night my name really got known and used. So I would say that night. Had to duck off.
0: I had a, a fun night at the duck off myself, several of them. Uh, oh, you, you've had quite a few memorable
3: nights. <laughs> <laughs> quite a few. Yes.
0: Refresh the audience's memory. I want to get it from your perspective because sometimes when I mention it, I may not give it the full now, flavor. What, what night are you talking about? Any one of them. One of them that's most memorable to you. Um,
3: I mean, you, I, there was there was a night that um, I like to go out to open mics. Uh, Ray Sitter has an open mic uh, on Scott Street on Monday. Shout out to Ray Sitter um, and this is a, this is the spot where you need one comedian to set the tone, and once one comedian sets the tone, everybody lifts their game. And I seen you lift your game up one night, and I was proud of you. I was proud of you. You need that. You need to have more nights like that. <laughs> so, um, but this is it's a rough business. You know, it's a rough business, and it, you gotta have tough skin. Believe me, a year and a half of bombing in Houston. I, I was looking at real job applications out here, but real job applications. Like, I don't, I don't even know if I'm meant to do this. But then um, it's that moment in life when you start to second guess yourself that you come up with the right answer. Hmm. Like, I, people always ask me, like, they'll catch me talking. you, you talking to yourself? Yeah. Why? Because I like talking to somebody I know got some sense. Hmm. That's why I talk to me.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: I don't know nobody with more sense than I got.
0: Okay. Right. Okay. Makes sense, though. Yeah. Because right. they could be lying. Yeah. Some people, they right. could be putting on. Right. So. Yeah. So, like to give you this question here as well. Now, we had the gentleman that were on here earlier, Jackie mm-hmm. Boy and Jay Black, and I brought it to them about policing in America. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on that since we have a number of events that continually happen, recurring every week or so?
3: Um, it's, it's, it's an unanswered question. It's a question with no answer. You understand what I'm saying? It's a question that nobody has an answered. Now, you can sit there as a black person and say, well, when black black cops start going out and killing white kids, then it'll change. But what is that? You see Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And it's not saying that I'm, um, you know, like, I'm not not saying I'm down for anybody killing anybody. Or not. But what I can't come up with a way or a, a program or anything. To where you're going to stop this. What they have to look at is. If you weigh the odds. And you weigh the numbers. Mm-hmm. Bad cops. Outweigh good cops. So if I, if you had to ask me. I, I would have to say. That the. Um, the application process. I would have to say. That you have to go deeper. Into a person's mind into their history to know.
0: But then you get to a point, who is the person that is reviewing the application? Right, so it's the whole process. Right. So, so I mean, it, it's,
3: at the end of the day, well, not the end of the day, I, I'll give you something that is, Basically, out there, probably hypothetical, but it, I watched uh, the TV show Blue Bloods. Mm-hmm. Right? And Blue Bloods, in this one episode, they had, they talked about um, like a secret gang inside the police called the Blue Templar. And their jobs were to police the police.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: You see what I'm saying? So then they got good, they got bad cops off the streets. You see what I'm saying? So just like with black people, what do they say it takes a village? Why is the police any different? They the biggest gang in they the biggest gang in the United States of America. They the only gang in America to where if one cop died in that state, they send a car from every city to the funeral. They do that in Ohio. I don't know if they do that in Texas. But in Ohio, if a cop is killed in the line of duty, every city sends a car to that funeral. Right. So, why can't the police just police the police? If y'all good cops and y'all know it's bad cops out there, then get them off the streets. Then you, you won't look as bad. That's the only way. That's the only thing I can see
0: i just tell you this. It's no different than the mob. But you have to look at the doctrine, too. So the doctrine of the police, at its outset, at its creation, mm-hmm. was to ensure or enforce rules to to protect property. Right. The property being people at first. Mm-hmm. Then when you look at actual physical property. Mm-hmm. So if you look at it, anything that disrupts order, or anything that causes damage to property is they is, is the first aim. So they look at certain individuals or certain groups as those that may deface order, the order that's been instilled by the doctrine of this country, or who may be possibly damaging or devaluing the property. So you could look up any type of uh, behavior. Like, just give you an example. In last week in Galveston, uh, they tried to relive the Kappa Beach Party where people would come down that the youngsters had the swanglers sitting out They put in all different type of rules to ensure the fact that those individuals had their cause towed. The reason why they did that, because they like, this bring down the value of the property, this is a nuisance, we don't want this here. Mm-hmm because decades long ago they tried the same thing mm-hmm. but it was more people so they couldn't really do anything but that just my thoughts on it uh, but what I wanted to do as well I know you have some shows coming up uh, if you'd yeah. like to tell uh, the audience. Uh, May 7th uh, I'll be at uh, the
3: Reverses center 1550 15, 1960 um, I think uh, I'm not sure the date. I'll be in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Uh, I want to say in June sometime. I'm not sure the date quite yet. Um, that's about that's about everything I, I have. I know coming up. I have. Um, if you want to follow me, follow me at Tone Pain Twenty Three on Instagram or just Tone Pain on Facebook. Um, Thank you, bro. Thank you, bro. Appreciate you.
0: Number of love for you. Say, man. So what we do now, I'm gonna give a brief parting shot. I'm gonna wrap up that time mm-hmm. show. So I wanna thank you for coming and okay. taking time out of your day to come yeah, and, no and talk no shop. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Drinks
3: on you at the bar. All
0: right?
3: <laughs> you. Already, but all right. don't
0: leave just yet. Don't leave, don't don't leave, leave just because we 'cause we're gonna get a parting shot. Now Alright, so earlier we had uh, Jackie Boy and Jay Black. They came on and they told you about their journeys through Battle Rap also. Mm-hmm. Uh, their grind and what they've done to, to build themselves as better men. Mm-hmm. We applaud them. Uh, and also we're looking out for their new podcast series, Breakfast Blunt, uh, which we'll support here on Worldviews with Ken Mills. Lastly we had Tone Payne come on uh, our big brother in comedy. We talk shop here. We talked about certain things that's going on on the scene and also what he has on the outset his future pursuits. Well, he'll be in Pittsburgh. He got shows here, this, that, and the other. So when you get the chance, check him out because he definitely on the grind. So I say all this to say this. The reason why I coined this the grind is I've been on the grind all my life. I ain't, number one, I know a bunch of people in Houston and abroad, America and I never asked for no handout. I never asked for nobody to help me. Now if a person did help me, I appreciate it because many people looked at uh, I mean all throughout my life and some of those individuals have been on the show throughout the past two seasons So I say all that to wrap this up like this It's all about you. If you see it, you want it buy it own it the flip told us that on oh, i can do that now that was back in 99 i was young and i thought it would fly You was saying that there but then when i started thinking about it i say that makes sense because the things that i want, the things that i want to have i gotta work for to get my mother always told me that guess what if a man don't work a man don't eat so i used to like to eat i used to be real fat so she wouldn't even feed me at the house. So I had to go get that Timmy Chan. And I had to go get the money for it. At a certain point, she'd say, You got to pay some rent. So I was about 14, 15 years old paying rent at my mother's house, making sure things were took care of. I bought two cars before I graduated high school off my own sweat of my brow. And now, as I move into being a man, there was no way that I could build my kingdom where it could be rickety, where my wife would have to take in or do something for me. If anything, we sit at the table and we figure out how we're going to do it for each other. So keep this in mind. When you grind, you got to, number one, have a supreme work ethic. You can't be lazy. If you spend most of your time on social media and not on what you're trying to achieve, you're losing because you're watching other people achieve their success and you aren't. Secondly, you got to have focus. If you not focus on what you're doing, you're going to be easily distracted and you'll never get there. Number three, don't measure your success against someone else's. You don't know what they had to do in order to achieve. Live your own lane. Like he said, build your own lane. That way you know the path that you need to go. And lastly, number four, whoever you believe in, whether it's God, Allah, Buddha, whomever, Believe in something that's greater than you, and that will give you the strength to carry on. What I'd like for y'all to do is to open your minds, open your hearts, and stay safe out there. Next week, we'll have a fresh episode for you, and I got some surprises. I hope y'all take a look at the promotion for next week, because guess what? We're going to have fun. But anyway, you're here now with World Views with Ken Mills on Boss Up Houston Network. We'll see y'all next week. You ain't going to say no prayer.